Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. It's time to break down what went right and what went wrong during yesterday's game. Severe Reaction is on the air with your host, Michael Severe, and the most important voice of all, yours. Severe Reaction starts now. Powered by Equitable Bank. We take banking personally, only on 1620 The Zone. From the right to the left of the formation, play action. Roy in the pocket is Casey, taking a shot deep downfield, looking for Palmer makes a catch at the 40. He's going to go 30, 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, Nebraska. Boy, I like how you say that. Touchdown, Nebraska. Did I do that right? It's an eye formation. Johnson dots the eye. Wide receiver, one to the near side. The tight end's in motion to the near side. Turn, play action. Back to throw as Petrus hit from behind and brought down. He fumbles the football. It's loose at the 30-yard line. A pile up. I think Nebraska has it at the 30-yard line. Empty set. Three to the near side, two to the far side for Alex Padilla. Third and nine of the Nebraska 29. Padilla rocks and has to bottle the snap and then gets hit and the football is out. It's picked up by Garrett Nelson for 50. Nelson now to the 40-yard line. Huskers force another turnover as Padilla fumbles the football. 44 picks it up and takes it to the Iowa 39-yard line. That's pretty good on the big fella bending over, scooping that. First and 10 for the 18. Anthony Grant back in there. Wide receivers left and right. Thompson on the shotgun gets the snap. Step throws toward the end zone. There's a man out there. Trey Palmer caught. Touchdown, Nebraska. Trey Palmer's second touchdown catch of the game. Boy, they are going after the pup. No DeGene, no DeChance with Palmer. Wow, he turned him around. Padilla gets the snap. Back to throw. Step throws. Pass caught first down at the five, and it's going to be a touchdown. Lachey reached out and put it across the goal line, and Iowa is now back to within 11. No, no. I've been doing this long enough. I keep telling you, I'm from New Orleans. We don't. We don't panic, you know. And, you know, we, we just had to keep fighting. We had to keep throwing blows. And we had to keep throwing blows. And, and if I feel like I'm panicking, then they're going to panic. So, no, we was going to keep fighting at the end. No, no, because if, if daddy don't panic, the kids don't panic. Padilla gets the snap. Huskers do not blitz. Back to throw is Padilla. Steps, throws, passes, intercepted by Nebraska at the 36-yard line by Chris Kolarvik. Coming back home to the state of Iowa for Kalarvik, a pick to end the game. And that will end the seven-year streak the Huskers have suffered at the hands of the Hawkeyes. And one of the worst teams statistically in Nebraska history finds a way to keep the rival from playing for a Big Ten championship. And the Heroes Trophy is going to come back to Lincoln for the first time since 2014. Nebraska racing across the field to go grab the trophy in the corner and hold on to that thing for the first time again since 2014. It was Bo Pelini's last game as a Cornhusker head coach. The Nebraska has beaten the Iowa Hawkeyes. Welcome to Severe Reaction, the final show of the season. 
Nebraska beats Iowa, knocks Iowa out of the Big Ten championship game. 24-17, it was a game that had so many memorable moments. But more than anything else, the end of the game, watching Nebraska's team uh, Garrett Nelson had the trophy for a while. I saw Trey Palmer had the trophy for a while. Marcus Washington. A bunch of guys ran around with the trophy and allowed the fans that were right there in the front rows in Iowa City to be able to touch the trophy, to be able to celebrate with them, to get photos with them. So many parts of that game were awesome to watch, forcing the turnovers, getting touchdowns. But that ending, knowing that, and that's all you can ask for. All you can ask for when you go against your rival is to force them to lose something. To force them to miss out on something, right? That's all you can ask for. I I remember talking about this with Damon years ago. He said, you're silly. But anyway, he always says it up. But anyway, I said, there are times where I get more joy watching a team I hate lose than I do get joy watching a team I like win. Now, maybe that is counterproductive, to my psyche, I don't know, but it's it's true. Um, watching the Falcons lose in the Super Bowl after being up twenty-eight to three to the New England Patriots was as joyous as it was to watch the Saints beat the Colts in the Super Bowl. It was. It's and, and sometimes when I think back, I think I got more joy out of the Atlanta one, <laughs> right? So watching your rival, watching a team you don't like lose something important to them, is what rivalries are all about, right? That's what Michigan did to Ohio State yesterday. Not only did they beat them down in the second half, they took their most likely took their opportunity to play in the college football playoffs. Most likely, I guess you could never know what happens on championship week next week, but still, took that chance from taking something from the person who you don't like, who is your rival. This stupid microphone is driving me nuts. Anyway, um, so that's all you're asking for, right? And that's what Nebraska did yesterday, going to Iowa City. David mentioned one of the most statistically poor teams that Nebraska's ever had. I mean, again, a three-win three team going to Iowa City. Um, but they did have that. They had something all year long. Casey Thompson's connection with Trey Palmer, great connection all, long, all season long. And Nebraska's inability to get pressure the last three years, when you watch games, you saw how comfortable quarterbacks were. At no point yesterday were Iowa's quarterbacks comfortable. You know, Padilla gets knocked out early, but wasn't comfortable the first couple drives. And then you get a situation where a backup comes in who hasn't had a lot of practice all week, and they made him uncomfortable. Six, I believe, six six total pressures, which might be, or hurries, might be the most all season long for Nebraska. The three sacks, the tackles for loss. Yeah, there were some big runs and some big plays from Iowa, but for the most part, 3.8 yards rushing. Nebraska's defense did something that they hadn't been doing, especially early in the season. Making plays behind the line of scrimmage. And took Iowa out of what they wanted to do. And even though Iowa had the rally and a couple big plays to get it with seven, I mean, I don't think most people were nervous. Maybe you were a little bit. But Nebraska, for the most part, controlled that game. And that's all you can, again, it's all you can ask for when you're going at your rival to take care of business like that. Now, I know there's other news out there. There's the coaching news, and we'll get to it. We'll talk about the selection of Matt Rule as the the new head football coach at Nebraska, what that means for Nebraska going forward, what it means for Mickey Joseph and Bill Bush and other coaches on the staff, what maybe it means for recruiting, a number of things. We'll get to all of that. I just just want to celebrate 
something that Nebraska hasn't done in forever. Hadn't done in eight seasons. 2014. If you want to take yourself all the way back to 2014. The tumultuous season of 2014. Like Nebraska had gotten some things turned around. We're playing pretty well. The Wisconsin game happens. Get out to an early lead. I believe it was either 10-0 or 13-3. And then gets completely run over by Melvin Gordon for 400-some yards, right? And that, that season was essentially over. Even though, at the end, they go to overtime against Iowa. They get the win. Kenny Bell catches the winning touchdown. You go back all the way to how long ago that was, how old your kids were back then, how old you were back then. And you think back, it was 2,919 days. Almost 3,000 days. That's crazy to think about. Nebraska accomplishes something they hadn't accomplished in those eight seasons. And that's something to be celebrated and talked about, I think. You know, what happened yesterday was a great example of one team being ready, one team having a game plan, one team coming in with a little more energy than the others. You saw that pretty early on, right? Whether it be the missed field goal that Nebraska had on that drive or hitting Padilla and and knocking the ball away and getting the fumble recovery and getting points out of that drive or whatever they did throughout that first quarter, you saw Nebraska was more prepared, had more energy, and just looked like the better team. You know, I I think if you just took somebody who doesn't watch college football and said, watch these two teams, there's no way they don't say that Nebraska was the better team, right? Despite the fact that Iowa, for the most part, over this whole season, has been able to to dominate on the offensive line enough to be able to run the ball, to be able to get pressure, force turnovers, enough to be able to win games. Um, Couldn't do those things against Nebraska. Couldn't do it. It was amazing. Ball bounced the right way for Nebraska in many ways. Um, You can call it luck if you want. That's fine. But you have to get those. You have to get turnover regression. When you're not getting turnovers, you have to have games where you do. You look at USC all season long been getting turnovers all season long. And when they need one, it just certain it just it just happens. Whether it's against Notre Dame or whoever else. Nebraska needed turnovers. Sometimes didn't get them. Yesterday got three of them. Took care of business. And uh and they closed the game out. Right? Mickey Joseph talked about it multiple times over the last eight, nine weeks. We've got to be a fourth quarter team. We've got to win close games because that's what the Big Ten is all about. And that's what they did. Two big fourth down stops. And of course the pick by Curl Arvik which is not irony, but just a great coincidence that a guy who you know started his career in Iowa, Northern Iowa, goes back to Iowa City and makes that play. A guy who hadn't played a ton. You know, it required Luke Reimer to be out of the game, one of the best defensive players for Nebraska. Uh, you know, of course, Nick um, Henrich going out a couple weeks ago, giving other guys opportunities, giving Michael Clement opportunities. He ran around like a madman in that first half. I think he had six total tackles in the first half. Running around. Despite the injuries, despite only having three wins, despite, as some people will say, having nothing to play for, which is never the case. Having, it, it's never nothing to play for. You play for your teammates, you play for your family, you play for yourself, all those things. But still, went out there, took care of business, and, uh, and beat a team that Nebraska hadn't been able to finish. And, and how many leads they had against Iowa over the last five seasons. How many times they were right there at the end and lost on field goals or couldn't convert on the last possession that they had, got it done. And, and, and again, got to carry the ball around, the trophy around, and have everybody be able to touch it. Uh, we got to see Ramir Johnson. Hey, Ramir! Finally, got to see Ramir Johnson. Uh, basically had all the rushing yards for Nebraska. When you take out the sack numbers, the sack yardage, 
he essentially had all the rushing yards. I think all but one yard in the end when you do all the math, all but one yard was picked up by Ramir Johnson, which is incredible to think about. Um, Grant, 14 carries, six yards. That just, it just, he had, this is a guy who had, in the middle of the season, every opportunity to get to 1,000 yards. I think most people would have bet on it. And ends the season, again, 14 for six yesterday, or Friday. Um, finishes, I think, 85 yards short of 1,000. Whereas in the middle of the season, you said, well, he's going to get 1,000. Um, I, I don't know what changed there. I know the offensive line hasn't played well. I know that. But you'll watch Anthony Grant. It was almost like his brain was broken <laughs> when he was trying to make some decisions on where to go, where to cut, where to, where to put his foot in the ground. Just couldn't get going. You know, the one carry that Gabe Irvin had last week, he looked better than Anthony Grant. And all the carries pretty much that you saw Ramir Johnson have on Friday night was better than what Anthony Grant could do. But for whatever reason, they kept playing Anthony Grant, kept playing Anthony Grant. And then you get Trey Palmer and what he did and the history that Trey Palmer made um, on Friday night. You know, it had been an eternity ever. It never happened. Nebraska had never gone over 1,000 yards with a receiver in one season. Um, got close. Number of guys got close. Stanley Morgan finally got there, going over by four yards in 2017. And I mean, that was mainly because of that Penn State game where Nebraska was way down and had to rally. Um, never really were close, but put up huge numbers. That helped Stanley Morgan get to the point where he got over 1,000. But you look at that and you say to yourself, you know, finally, they got it done. You bring in Trey Palmer, a guy who didn't get a lot of touches at LSU, especially when it came to passes to him. And he puts up the game he played yesterday um, to all those yards and ends with 1,043. So congratulations to Trey Palmer. If you missed it yesterday, he announced on Twitter that he would be going to the pros. He's making himself eligible for the draft, which is understandable. I don't think his stock will ever be as high as it is right now. Again, I think he'll run a really good time. Um, but nine catches, 165 yards. Um, really was a day to be remembered for him. So 2,000-yard receivers now. Stanley Morgan. uh did it back in 2017, and now Trey Palmer over 1,000 yards last year. You combine that with Purdue winning over their rival, Indiana. You get Purdue, Michigan in the Big Ten title. I'm, I'm not sure a lot of people had that picked. I know some people picked Purdue to win the West. I know there were people that picked Michigan to win the East. I was not one of them. I thought it would be Ohio State. Um, but after taking care of and beating up on Ohio State in that second half, Purdue, Michigan is your Big Ten title game. We're going to take a break. Don Juan, stay right there. We will get to the callers and Random Mike. We'll come back. Of course, we'll talk about the coaching hire. Get your thoughts on that. Go over some of the reasons why I think Trev made that decision. Um, But remember first, Friday, Nebraska beat Iowa finally. Took something from them. Have joy in that. Whether you like the coaching change or not, whether you like who was picked, you're mad about it, take joy that on Friday, Nebraska went to Iowa City, took something from Iowa, and we'll have that for 365 days minimum. All right? So that's awesome. We'll take a break. We'll come back. More Severe Reaction. We'll talk about more on the coaching change. Don Juan, Random Mike, stay right there. We'll be right back here on Severe Reaction. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks... Then, there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. 
Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.